Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in. Wednesday edition of the program. A busy hour today, so let's get right to it. Lots to talk about Gabe Cups last night. His team on ESPN got a big win playing basketball the right way uh, to close out his uh, AAU grassroots uh, circuit for the summer. And IU football yesterday, Big Ten media days uh, continue today. IU and Coach Allen and three players had a chance to talk with the media yesterday, so lots to get to all the way around. A quick look at the show lineup today, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Segment one coming up here in just moments. Brooke Cups, he's the father of Gabe Cups, also the head coach of the Midwest Basketball Club team and the Centerville, Ohio team where uh, Gabe plays high school basketball uh, will join us to kind of recap the summer, talk about last night's game and a little bit more as uh, we uh, get ready to get out of July here very soon. So Coach Cups with us in segment number one. Later in the hour, Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times will check in. We'll start with him on IU football stuff from yesterday. I'm sure we'll get into some basketball stuff as well. Then later in the show, John Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, will be with me as we talk local sports and get ready for high school football of our own here uh, coming up in less than a month from now. In fact, about two and a half weeks from now, uh, we'll have the start of high school football here in the state of Indiana and uh, looking forward to the season coming up here in southern Indiana. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, a special guest here on this Wednesday program. Coach Cups joins us. And, Coach, I believe you're uh, getting ready to head out of Vegas back to Ohio. Congratulations on a great summer uh, for Gabe and your team and a big win on ESPN last night. Hey, Matt. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, yeah, it was it was fun last night. Our guys played really well. It was, uh, it was a great way to end, you know, kind of the – this grassroots season and you know feel very blessed that Gabe was kind of able to wrap it up that that way for you know for kind of his his group and his uh those seniors uh, kind of being able to finish it up that way absolutely uh before we get into Gabe and some other things uh Gosh, you guys play basketball the right way even in the summer. You know, AAU ball takes such a, a rap for being an individual game. And I know it's all about showcasing and exposure, and a lot of that is on an individual basis at times. But on ESPN last night, with lots of great players both ways in that game, you guys shared the ball, moved the ball, uh, and it just looked like it was more, much more reminiscent of an organized high school basketball team than, than your opponent last night. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just I'm grateful for those guys that I've I've been able to coach and their willingness to buy into that. I mean, I know it's a different message in the AAU world, um, and really, in, it's becoming less and less common in the high school uh, basketball world. So I'm just I'm grateful that we still are able to find guys that that will buy into that and play the game the way you know the way I think it's supposed to be played, and I think the way it's meant to be played. Uh, but it's it's definitely fun when the ball moves around and guys share it. And, uh, you know, everybody has an opportunity to, to contribute, whether it's scoring or finding the open guy or guarding or rebounding. You know, there's basketball is such a great game that allows people to contribute in so many ways, and I think it gets it gets construed to where it's just about points and you know AAU and you know I. We talk about showcasing guys, and there's a lot of things to showcase, and I think the message kids get way too often is the only way you can showcase your talents is by how many points you have at the end of the game, and it's just it's just not true for winning basketball and for at least the way I think it's played at the highest level. Talking with uh, Brooke Cups, he's the father of Gabe Cups, IU commit, and the head coach of the Midwest Basketball Club team that you may have saw on uh, ESPN last night. How did that game come about? Was that something that had been scheduled throughout the summer, or was that something that was kind of a late ad? Yeah, it was a real late ad. We were we were playing out in Seal Beach um, in the Adidas, the final Adidas, uh, you know, kind of uh, event of the summer, and. It just kind of Paul Biancardi, who I I know um, a little bit through Larry Greer, who's a, who was a Centerville guy, who's an advanced scout for the Knicks right now. But I've kind of I know I know Paul pretty well, and uh, he just called me out of the blue um, about two weeks ago and asked if we would have an interest in playing. Um, you know, and I I was like, well, we're going to be out there. Let me see if I can if I can get it set up. I would love to. I mean. It is a cool connection. Gabe played with Bronny um, throughout, uh, you know, kind of fourth through eighth grade. Gabe played with Bronny, and we were with them every summer. And actually, their last game as eighth graders was in Bishop Gorman's gym, and that was kind of the last time the Blue Chips played together uh, prior to the reunion a couple weekends ago. And so I just thought, I thought it would be a really cool experience. And you know, I'm always down to play good teams. I I think it's. I think that's really the fun part of it is that opportunity to compete against really high-level players and teams. And so, um, you know, when it was presented, we our families and parents found a way to make it happen, and uh, Midwest was supportive and, you know, allowing us that opportunity too. Absolutely. Uh, Brooke Cups, my guest here as we begin our Wednesday program. Uh, want to talk about the month of July as a whole. A little different for Gabe because uh, he had already made his college decision. Uh, how did the month go for him? And with that recruiting process really already wrapped up for him, how different was this month for a player like him as opposed to others on your Midwest team that are right in the middle of the process and trying to make a decision coming up? Yeah, it's a lot different um, when you have that weight off of you uh, and you can go play. I mean, I think, you know, it, when you are still not sure where you're going, you're trying to get, you know, interest and offers, you know, every game, if, if you don't play well, if you don't think you play well because you missed some shots, you put additional pressure on yourself. And, um, you know, I think you know, some of that was alleviated for Gabe uh, and Reed, really, Reed, uh, you know, he he's committed to Kentucky already, and so I think that made things a little bit easier for him uh, in terms of just kind of going out and playing. 
uh, he had a he had a good July. I don't. I mean, that that's the other part of it. Like when you're selling kids on playing, like our thing is simple and together, just simple basketball. Like go to the open guy, cut. Like just keep it simple, and that's what wins. That's a lot easier to sell when you don't feel like you have to impress somebody. And what kids don't understand is like if you play simple really well, that impresses people. And and so uh, you know, but. But for Gabe, it was a good. It was a good July. He, uh, I thought he played pretty well. We're, he's he's had a run, man. Like we went through our June stuff, and that last week of June, he went down to the NBA Top 100 camp. We flew from there to Cleveland to play with the Blue Chip reunion. We were home for maybe ten hours, and we had to go to Rock Hill for the next Adidas thing. Um, then we were home for a couple days, and. Um, and then he had to stay after the Adidas thing. He had to stay for the Adidas All-American camp for an extra three or four days. So that then we get home. I think we were home for three days. And we flew out to California for the Long Beach thing, and then we came here. So I mean, it's been a he need he really. I don't say this very often because I mean he needs some some downtime, and I think he just wants to work out. He's at the point like he's not getting the workouts in that he likes to get in to kind of continue developing. He's played so much. So we'll get back to that. Yeah, an, an amazing schedule uh, as you guys crisscross the country and play some of the top-tier competition. You obviously know Gabe well as his father, but also as his coach in the summer and the winter. And we're going to talk more about your high school team here in just a few moments. But um, as you look at other players, IU, Big Ten, high major players you have on your team or maybe you're going against and you compare Gabe's uh, uh, all-around game, his position, his body, where he's at, where he needs to be, as you go into this time where maybe he can get more workouts in, what are things that he'll be working on to be ready for his time coming up in Indiana? Um, You know, I think that the – the July period was really good from a perspective, I think, for Gabe confidence-wise. Like, he got to play against some guys going to North Carolina and Duke and Kentucky and some, some different guys. And, I mean, I think he always thinks he can. he's as good and can compete with everybody that, that he plays, regardless of where they're going or how big they are or whatever. But I thought this summer was good because he kind of went head-to-head with some of those guys, and I think it reinforced, like, I'm right where I need to be in terms of development. Um, and he can play with all those guys for, from his personal development. I mean, he's obviously just got to continue getting bigger and stronger. I think, I think that is the number one thing from high school to college is just the physicality and the speed of the game he's got to be able to adjust to. Um, fortunately, he's played AAU stuff, and our high school team plays um, pretty high-level competition. So he's played against a lot of those guys. I don't think the speed will be as much of a factor as just the physical size and physicality of the guys. So I think that's a big part of it. Um, you know, in terms of his skill set, I think he's he's got to continue shooting the ball consistently. He's got to get better, and I mean everybody does. Uh, I think he's got to improve his his mid range. His pull up is good. I think that's one of the better parts of his game. I think he's got to finish with a floater a little bit more consistently around the basket is not going to be able to get all the way to the rim like uh, he does sometimes now um, but you know he I, and I think I think one of the big things for kids coming out of high school too is the mental side of it so we've we've worked on that a lot about you know just the mental poise and the middle 
you know, staying, staying positive with yourself and that inner voice and uh, some meditation stuff to, to kind of ground yourself. So there's a lot to it, but I, I mean, he's working on it. I think he'll, he'll continue trying to develop and get better at all those things. All right, good stuff talking with Brooke Cups, the father of uh, IU commit Gabe Cups in the 2023 class. Um, you mentioned the the uh, James family, LeBron obviously, and his son Bronny, who we got to see you guys go up against with last night. And I think the last time Gabe joined the show, I, I may have brought this up with him, but what has that overall relationship been like for Gabe and your family to – to be connected to, to one of the, the best basketball players ever. And uh, I know IU fans, that's the number one thing I probably hear about Gabe uh, is it's unbelievable that he's in high school and he works out from time to time uh, with LeBron James. What What's all that been like for you as the dad to see this connection from when they were young kids, LeBron's son and your son become friends and play together, and then for Gabe to continue these relationships on as, a, as getting ready to go into his senior year? Yeah, I mean, I think as a parent, one of the things that you are always intentional about or need to be intentional about is kind of who who you allow into your kids' lives and who, who who's going to pour into them. And we've been very blessed and lucky that, um, you know, it, the way it worked out and the way things fell for Gabe is, you know, the James family has been a huge impact for Gabe. LeBron has been an incredible source of confidence and um, has been a great lifter. Uh, for Gabe and and allowing him to, you know, Gabe Gabe will DM LeBron and LeBron will respond. He'll talk to him about things and you know he he allowed him to work out with him when we were up in Akron and even before that he was always really positive and encouraging like on the sidelines and after in between games um, when Gabe was playing with the Blue Chips and with Bronny and uh, I mean the family has just been incredible. They they're they're great people um, and you know I am always. I'm always just amazed at, you know, the the character and the level of person Bronny is considering all the stuff he has to deal with. I mean, it is, it's, unless you're around it, and we, I, I'm just been around it. I'm not in it. I'm not actually in their family, but I've been around it a lot. And like, if you, when you see all the different things he has to deal with and what people say to him and do, it's, I mean, it's insane. And for him to have as level of a head as he has and to be just as high character as he is, and it's just such a, such a, I think, uh, testament to his family and the way they've raised him and the, the way they've kind of insulated him with the people that they put around him. Yeah, definitely need to hear some of that insight. Uh, Coach Cups, the high school season is on deck next, so you transition from a lot of focus this uh, this month with your uh, travel team and back to the high school program at Centerville. You guys have a number of big games set. You mentioned that you guys uh, take on all comers. I know you'll be coming down our way to New Albany uh, to play the Bulldogs here in southern Indiana, and a lot of IU fans I know already have that date on their calendar. But your high school team is set for a great season. It's not just Gabe uh, on your roster. You've got some other very talented players. Can you give us a real early preview of what to expect with uh, Centerville and uh, maybe some of the big games you have on your schedule coming up. Yeah, I mean, we had a good June. You know, in Ohio, the rule is you got 10 coaching days in June, so we spend ours kind of going out and playing as many people as we can. And, you know, we were we were over 
we went to Philly and played uh, for a few days out in Philadelphia, and we played up in an event, a live event up around Michigan. Um, and then we, you know, we've played in, at UD, and I thought I thought our team progressed uh, throughout June and got better. We we have a unique situation for us. We we haven't really ever had any transfers um, and guys that have moved in this year. We have three that kids that moved in that that are kind of impactful players for us, like that'll, that'll factor into things. So that is definitely a new dynamic that we're trying to work through and getting them uh, accustomed to our culture. That that's probably the hardest thing because we're, we're very system oriented and the guys that we have, I mean, our guys have been running our stuff and using our words and, you know, following our core values since they've been in second grade. And so, you know, this is like their 10th year in it. Um, and so getting somebody that's coming into it for the first time, kind of indoctrinating those guys is our biggest focus and um, what we've really got to work on. Um, you know, a couple of the guys that, that we have returning, uh, guys off our state championship team and our state runner-up team the last two years, Kyle Kinney is a wing kid. It's a, it's a really good player, great defender, shoots the ball really well. He's come off the bench the last two years, but he'll, he'll have a, a much bigger role. Um, Emmanuel Dang is a is kind of a wing uh, forward type kid that is just an elite defender. He's got about he actually just narrowed his uh, list down for football. He had he had twelve, thirteen Division one football offers as a corner. Um, so he's a he's a defensive minded guy. He's kind of one of those guys that like he'll guard a six eight guy, he'll guard a five ten guy. Like, I mean, and he usually for us he usually just erases them. Like we don't have to. We don't have to mess with that guy. He can just he can just take them out, um, and so that's a huge, huge uh, you know attribute to our team, and 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 it speaks to our culture that a guy just buys into that role so well for us. All so right. E-man's a huge factor. Um, one of the kids that moved in, Jonathan Powell, um, who IU has has offered, and several other Big Ten schools have offered. He, he's a six-five wing that can really shoot the ball. He's learning to play in our system. I thought he made big strides throughout um, June. Didn't shoot it very well in July uh, for his AAU stuff, uh, but he's going to be he's going to be really good. Has a great upside, athletic, um, but can really stretch the defense. And you know that's important with Gabe because Gabe can create some shots for him, and it can keep some help off of Gabe. We got last year. We got towards the end of our year, and a lot of teams just doubled. Like they would just run double teams at Gabe because. Not so much because he scores, he just facilitates so much stuff for us. Um, so we've got a good group. I like our group. I'm looking forward to being back in the gym with them and getting some, you know, our preseason stuff going. Um, but we've got our, I think, our second game of the year. We play Cathedral at Brownsburg, um, which will be a big one for us. Uh, I know we got to be ready to go early. Um, and then we, we finished the year, actually, our very last game. We're up at La Lu. Um, on like February 13th, I want to 12th or 13th. Um, we've got, we play Pick Central, who is who we played in the state championship game. They beat us in the state finals last year. Play them in Columbus at Nationwide Arena. Um, and we'll play at Flying to the Hoop, which is a, a big event in Dayton. Last year we played SoCal Academy, who was number four in the country. Uh, we beat them last year. I, so I think they're going to give us another national game. I guess probably a national top 10 prep school team um so yeah we we're looking forward to it we try to you know 
we try to play the best teams that we can play all year. We'll see who we are. We'll know exactly who we are when we get in the tournament, and hopefully we'll be playing our best in March. Absolutely. That's Brooke Cups, the father and coach of IU Commit, Gabe Cups. Uh, coach, thank you so much. I know it's still early in Vegas, and you're on your way home today. It's been a busy, busy summer, really, overall. So uh, try to get back to Ohio and get a little rest before you jump right back into things. But thanks so much for the update. And again, congratulations to you and Gabe on a terrific summer. All right. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Always great to catch up with uh, IU recruits. And in this case, a father who is the high school coach and the travel coach, very involved in basketball in the state of Ohio. And uh, great to have him with us today after that big game on ESPN last night. I think they they really stole the show. It was a four or five, I think four games last night across the ESPN platform of channels. And uh, really the Midwest basketball team, stole the show because they they play the right way. It was actually fun to watch. Some of those games were really, unless you were just focused in on a specific player that you wanted to see, um, it it really was not team basketball, but their team played great and got a big win over uh, Bronny James's Strive for Greatness team out of California. And I understand I don't keep up with the the travel stuff uh, like I used to, but I understand that uh, the Strive for Greatness team may have even added some additional players for that game, for that showcase a light game last night, so a big win for uh, Gabe Cups and his father Brooks as the head coach of that team last night, and great to have him on with us today. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is open. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. It's the uh, Summer Cash Bash at Thornton's, which means one lucky Refreshing Rewards member will win $10,000 all summer with a grand prize of a 2022 Chevy Tahoe. Simply open your Refreshing Rewards app and click on the Summer Cash Bash icon to enter. And that's not all. You can earn additional entries by purchasing select top brands like Mountain Dew 20-ounce bottles, hot dogs, Bud Light 12-packs, large Doritos, and many more using your Refreshing Rewards card. It's Thornton Summer Cash Bash, not a Refreshing Rewards member. Text REWARDS to 80313 today. That's REWARDS to 80313. One three today. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, IU football and more with Dustin Dopirak coming out of IU's opportunity at the Big Ten Conference Media Days yesterday. And, of course, the event continues with Purdue and six other teams today. So Big Ten football, IU football, we'll talk about it next with Dustin here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Wednesday program. The Thornton's text line open, 502-414-1450. That number, again, 502-414-1450. And Dustin Dopirak is with us. Dustin right now is at Lucas Oil Stadium for day two of the Big Ten Conference football media days. Of course, Coach Allen and some IU players were featured yesterday. Today, Purdue and six other schools on the podium and will be featured in uh, day two of those festivities. Dustin, to start off general, uh, generally across the conference, uh, Kevin Warren, the 
Big Ten commissioner yesterday. I, I got a chance to go back and listen to what he had to say uh, to start Big Ten media days. He seemed like a confident leader that was uh, willing to say the Big Ten is going through some changes and is very likely going to be the leader, it, it appears, uh, in changing the world of college football and how big conferences operate. He seemed like a guy on a mission yesterday. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, obviously huge change uh, from last season, obviously, when he came, uh, having been knocked on his heels, basically, when, when SEC, the SEC announced they were going to get Texas and Oklahoma. Uh, actually, I don't think the SEC had announced it. The one another had been reported. It was out there, and it was moving around. And it was like, okay, Kevin, what are you going to do? Um, and obviously, that was uh, at the end of a tough string for him, obviously, because he, he you know, had a tough time with the pandemic. Basically, he was really taking it serious with the SEC, and the ACC were deciding what full speed ahead. Uh, and he was like, wait, hold on, hold on a minute. I don't think we should play. And all of a sudden, he looked like the one carrying the bag at the end. And that, that obviously put him, I think, uh, on his heels. And then, and then Texas and Oklahoma making its push, um, obviously, sort of added to that. You add to sort of the politics of the moment uh, going into an election year, and there was all sorts of things swarming around that. So he was just spent really his entire first year uh, plus just knocked back on his heels. I mean, this finally kind of allows him to get out of his front foot um, and, and be leading and, and be driving the conversation. And I think, I think what he's realized basically is that he has all these high-minded ideals for what he wants to do as a conference commissioner in terms of mental health for student-athletes, in terms of social justice initiatives. And what he's realized, obviously, is you can't really be effective in any of those things if you aren't, uh, you know, driving the train. Basically, if you're not, if you're not in front on, on what's happening in college football, if you're not doing some uh, sort of big-boy realist kind of stuff and saying, okay, we're going to have to come in here and push people around and take teams and, um, you know, basically just gain power before you can talk. And, and basically, you know, so because he was finally on his front foot, uh, having got USC and UCLA as part of the as part of the conference and saying, you know, we, we could expand more, we can keep driving this thing. And he was able to come out and say, you know, we are at the forefront. We are, you know, we are driving what's happening in college football. Uh, where up until this point, he's really been looking up at Greg Sankey, and now he's sort of, uh, you know, vaulted over him for the moment. Obviously, the SEC will answer at some point, and then the Big Ten will have to answer again. Um, so it's not... You know, he, he's not running away with this thing. The SEC is still going to have uh, uh, something to say about it eventually. Um, but all the same, it was, it was still a big moment for Kevin Warren just to sort of be out there and, and you know, really establish himself, I think, as, as a leader in college sports. I got the sense, and I think he basically said as much, but uh, future expansion is going to happen. I think we all realize the Big Ten and SEC specifically uh, have some decisions as they make a path forward to become uh, to becoming super conferences. But I, I did not get the feeling from him, based on just what he said and how he said it, that additions were imminent. Sure, if Notre Dame made a decision, I think we all assume that uh, any conference would be happy to welcome him in uh, at any time they deem they're ready to do so. But I didn't get a feeling that there's going to maybe be more uh, grabs this offseason leading up to college football. It seems like something that's kind of more of a, a long-term thing over the next few years. Do you have that same read on things? Yeah, that's. I mean, I agree, but obviously things can change really, really quickly. Uh, I think that's obviously something we've seen in, in college sports is that um, you know they can keep it on the back burner until it's ready to roll, um, and so you know they can keep a lot of this stuff quiet, uh, and all of a sudden it's there. But I mean, he, he, you know, he did not. I don't think give the indication that, that that it was a tomorrow, next week, you know, get it done before September kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I would expect 
you know, I mean, I, I don't think the idea of, of somebody else being added next summer is a crazy idea at all. Uh, you know, that, that I think is entirely possible, but I, I don't expect it to be next week or next month um, based on the way that he talked. But, again, you just never know uh, who's unhappy. Um, and, again, when, when you know, when schools make this move, they don't want a whole lot of debate about it uh, publicly. You know, they, they'd like to debate it in-house, but they don't want anybody thinking it, it, it. They want to be on the move and done and out uh, before the public catches wind of it. So uh, he's not going to give those kind of hints, um, basically. It's either going to, you know, when it happens, it's just going to happen. Obviously, the Big Ten didn't hint that they were looking to go to Los Angeles to get teams. So, you know, they'll, uh, I, if, if they pick up somebody, I mean, I think everybody knows, obviously, that, you know, they're chasing Notre Dame, um, you know, they kind of have to be. But uh, if, if they go for anybody else or if Notre Dame even shuts them down, you're not going to find that out until it's done. Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times, my guest. He's at Big Ten uh, Football Media Days, was there yesterday to hear Coach Allen and the IU players as well. A lot of secrecy, kind of, it seems, around IU football. No spring game. Spring practices were closed. Uh, I don't feel like we, with some coaching changes as well, I don't feel like we know near as much about this program this season as we did a year ago. So it may, maybe in a minute answer, what did you learn yesterday through some of your questions and through some of Coach Allen's answers? Well, what I really drove into is, was kind of my assignment, basically, was to drill into this uh, meeting that they had uh, the day after the Purdue game, and then, and then a, a PowerPoint presentation that they gave, a couple of the leaders gave, uh, Jack Tuttle and Cam Jones gave early in the, in the uh, spring semester when guys got back to campus. Uh, that was kind of really my driving point, but I mean, I thought like there was a lot of honesty there, and I think I was able to, to learn a lot um, about how the guys viewed last season. I mean, at, at this point, you obviously, the, the more removed you are, the more they're willing to say, you know, give their honest feelings. At this point, they're willing to flat out and say that, that they saw guys quit, basically. They, they felt like they saw guys quit, and, you know, basically as the season wore on and, and they got, you know, weren't bull eligible anymore and they were getting beat up, you know, guys just punted, and they felt like, you know, those guys weren't held as accountable, and Tom Allen said, hey, if that's the case, tell me more. You know, who are the guys and where did we screw up? Uh, and Allen was pretty forthright in saying, okay, well, I need to know. You know, you tell me. Um, all right, but, you know, I'll challenge myself. I'll challenge each other uh, to make sure that this doesn't happen again. Uh, so I thought that was kind of interesting. There wasn't a whole bunch of new football talk that we hadn't heard. But obviously, we, we got some sense of, you know, okay, here's how the quarterback competition's going. I mean, we were told a lot of, about how spring was going. We just didn't see it. Um, so, you know, in terms of what they're going to be good at and whatever, we got a little bit more of that, a, a little bit better of a sense. Obviously, they, they continue to talk a lot about a bunch of the transfers that they brought in and how good they feel about those guys. Um, but a lot is still to be determined in the fall. They're certainly, I think, excited about Donovan McCulley, uh, you know, moving over to wide receiver. They're really thrilled about that move. Um, but I, I think that you know, I spent a lot more time sort of talking to them about leadership and, and what uh, needs to change just from, a, from that perspective uh, going into 2022, and they had a lot of things to say about that. I tell you what, I thought it was interesting. I know Coach Allen said yesterday that McCauley went to him. He approached him about a change mm -hmm. from quarterback to wide receiver. Yeah, yeah, no, he did. Uh, you know, he's um, so I, I thought that was very interesting as well. Uh, obviously, that, that's McCauley being able to read the situation and, and see that he wasn't uh, going to be able to, you know, beat out uh, a third year, you know, I guess a fourth year transfer in, in Bazelak and uh, you know a fifth year senior in Tuttle, just in terms of how he's able to throw the ball around. And he sees uh, an opportunity to get uh, playing time immediately, you know, at wide receiver. Obviously, they need a lot of bodies there. Um, but I mean, Allen's thrilled about it. <laughs> you know, I mean, like Allen might have reproached him uh, eventually, but he said McCauley came to him first and said, you know, I see the writing on the wall here. I think this is my best chance to get on the field this year. I think I could do it. You know, I mean, McCauley said, I guess that he had always been pushed to be a quarterback because it's just the way the game's going. You're putting your best athlete there uh, now, when that wasn't always the case. Um, 
you know, but you know, because they have a couple guys that can distribute the football uh, at quarterback, you know, and, and he's still working on, on becoming a passer. You know, if, if he ends up going back, who knows? But they, I think they, they think they have a chance to make him into a really great wide receiver because he's really got the body and the speed. Talking to Dustin Dopirak, the Bloomington Herald Times, you can read his story on the big uh, end of season meeting uh, that he mentioned uh, on the Bloomington Herald Times website, also at the Indy Star. Uh, website as well. Dustin, what else about this IU football team? You mentioned mentioned some transfers coming in. Uh, there definitely are some unknowns still about this team. Will we'll transfers, some of those guys that came in here this offseason from the portal, will some of them be counted on to play big roles maybe right out of the gate? Yeah, I mean, I, I'd be surprised that they're not starting five minimum. Um, I, I think that's even, you know, that, that's probably being uh, that's probably underselling. I mean, there's, there's obviously chances guys, you know, returners will have a chance to beat guys out, but I mean, you have to figure that, you know, Emory Simmons, the camp camper are going to be, uh, part of, you know, four, two guys that are part of the rotation, um, you know, at wide receiver, you know, whether or not they start or not, you know, it's tough to say, but I mean, I, I, I would be shocked if one of them doesn't, uh, basically a wide receiver. I, I, I think Sean Shivers and Josh Henderson, I think there's a good chance that one of those two, uh, wins a running back job. I mean, I would, I would guess right now that Shivers is probably the favorite to be the every down back coming out of camp. Uh, I, I mean, that, that might change. They like Jalen Lucas a lot as a freshman. You know, maybe one of the, uh, rising, the redshirt freshmen, Trent Holloman or, or Trent Howland or David Holloman might have a crack at it, but, you know, I, I think Shivers has a good chance. And obviously, Bazelak has, you know, it's, Kind of a 50-50 coin flip with Jack Tuttle. I mean, I think Tuttle's still in, in good position. He's not out of it, but they like has a chance to be the starting quarterback. On defense, there's a lot of guys they like over there. They really like Miles Jackson. I'd be shocked if he's not the starting Husky. Um, I, you know, I, I think he'll probably, you know, a good chance he'll beat out Lance Bryant. Um, did Tevis, I think, has a good chance to be the starting defensive end with Darius Cox. Um, and Patrick Lucas are two guys that have a chance to be starting defensive tackles. Bradley Jennings and Jared Casey have a chance to start, uh, you know, one of the linebacker spots. Um, I think there's, you know, I know there's some defensive backs in there, although they, I think they're, you know, they've got a lot more veterans there and guys that they can, that have already proven that they can count on, but at almost every level, uh, at, on, on both, on both sides of the ball, uh, they have a transfer that has a chance to make a big impact. All right, Dustin, beyond Indiana, and I know day two ongoing right now, still still a long way to go, but anything else that stood out to you about the conference as a whole or something that surprised you with another team or coach? Uh, not really yesterday. I mean, I said, well, the one thing that surprised me, I, I had to give this guy credit, uh, whoever it was from Iowa. I don't know who asked the question, but he said, you know, uh, he asked Kirk Ferentz, he said, You're, uh, you gave everybody 30% raises except for your son. Uh, Brian is the offensive coordinator. Is that because of, is that because the offense performed poorly? And I was like, wow, <laughs> that was a gutsy question to ask when he's at the podium. It's one thing if you if, if, if you can massage that in a certain way when you're at the breakout sessions or or, or when you're having an interview on campus, basically, and there's fewer people, but in what's you with like hundreds of media uh, and you know national television and whatever, you know, and he's on that front podium to, to put that question to him. That was tough. That 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 definitely stood out to me. I was like, "Whoa, <laughs> okay." Um, so impressive. Uh, certainly gutsy work on the part of that particular journalist. Don't know who it was, but I guess that's it to him. Uh, didn't get a great answer, and I wouldn't expect that he was going to. But uh, that definitely, you know, stepped out there for sure. Uh, you know, other than that, I don't think a lot st- stood out. I and mean, I think everybody, you know, used the, the league. Um, you know, it, like, you know, nobody reported any major injuries or anything game changing. Everybody kind of gave their, uh, standard spiel and, you know, it didn't have the most entertaining of guys, 
uh, yesterday. Harbaugh was Harbaugh. Uh, you know, obviously he's a little, he's a little out there, but um, you know uh, he, he he wasn't pushed on some. You know, he, he was apparently talked about a lot of things in breakout sessions. Obviously, that he's talked about publicly recently involving you know politics and whatnot. But um, there was less of that during the press conferences. I didn't see as much, uh, but not not much to that. But I think everybody kind of looks as far, as far as the league is concerned. Everybody sort of sees the powers. Are in play as as per usual. I think everybody presumes Ohio State's going to win this thing, um, and you know that you're just going to have to. Anything else you hear is sort of just noise. You're just looking at this potential potential powerhouse that's going to be up there. And it's a question of you know, how well they're going to do. Are they going to be able to hold off Michigan again? And is you know how are they going to do once to come comes to playoff time and they're looking at the Alabamas and the Georgias of the world. I know Ohio State AD Athletic Director Gene Smith making a, a little noise. I think it was yesterday uh, when he was asked about a college football playoff. He's very instrumental in that process, and he uh, he kind of got it going again about a 16-teamer, which I think would be very, very interesting. And I saw that kind of making some rounds through the media yesterday also. No, I didn't see that myself, but, I mean, I, I, I'm not surprised to see it go that way. I, you know, like, 16 still seems like a lot to me. Uh, I, I kind of feel like eight is what makes sense, but I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they push it, and you know, we'll see where that goes. Obviously, that leads some possibilities for that to drive. You know, you, you know, I think if you play sixteen, then you have to have some games on campuses. You can't do all those uh, through both sites. I don't think um, so. So that becomes interesting, and how you're going to do that uh, when you're getting in December, and you're obviously if you're going to have sixteen teams, you're obviously going to involve some northern teams there. Uh, you know, how they would set something like that up, what that means for smaller programs, how that plays into the, the shift that we've got going on to start with right now. Um, you know, as, as you start to see super conferences build, it's very to see like all the moving parts that would have to go uh, into a 16-team playoff at this point, uh, you know, and, and all you're already asking for student-athletes, um, you know, where we go from here. So, you know, we'll see. I mean, I think they're, they'll do it one step at a time. I don't think you'll see 16 before you see 8. I don't think they'll go straight from 4 to 16. That seems like a big leap for this group for, for the way that these guys – college football functions, but you never know. All right, Dustin Dopirak, Bloomington Herald Times. Dustin joining us today from Lucas Oil, uh, taking a few minutes away from from some of the press conferences. Dustin, thank you so much for all the insight, and uh, we'll do it again next Wednesday with you. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. All right, we'll head to a quick break. When we come back, our final segment of the day is Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. Local sports, always the topic with Josh. We've got teams that either just finished or are some in some cases still in the middle of Little League tournaments. We'll tell you about that. High school football around the corner with school getting back in this week and next for most of our area school systems. We'll cover all of that more next here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, my guest here on this Wednesday program. 
and uh, we talk local sports in this segment with Josh. You can read his work at newsintribune.com slash sports, and, of course, follow him at Scores on Twitter for updates on all things high school and local sports. Josh, I guess to start, the active stuff right now, we've had some area teams just finish Little League participation on a state level, and we've got some other area teams that uh, in Little League are still playing. In fact, some have made it on beyond the state tournament round. So maybe to start a recap of who's where and who's doing what as far as Little League baseball and softball goes. Yeah, we've got a couple of teams still playing. Uh, in Little League softball, we've got the, the Floyd Knobs uh, girls are playing in the Central Region Tournament right now. Um, they started on Monday, lost a tough one, 3-2 uh, to two to a team from Iowa, but they bounced back yesterday with a big, uh, big win over the team from Nebraska, and um, they're now going to play. They're supposed to play this afternoon in another elimination game. Um, and I think they're playing a team from Michigan in the central region. Uh, another elimination game. They're playing up in Whitestown, so they are um, they're still alive, and uh, you know they they've got some good pitching, some good hitting. So I think you know they should they should have a chance to still uh, still win today and stay alive, and maybe play again tomorrow, hopefully. Um, and then we've got the um, HYR fifty uh, seventy intermediate squad uh, getting ready for the. World Series. Uh, they're heading out to California, I believe, uh, later this week. Uh, I can't remember if they fly out on Friday or Saturday, but they uh, they start playing in the World Series, uh, I believe, on Monday, which uh, is also the first day of school for some of them. So they get out of school. You know, what's better than that? You get out of school, you get to play in the World <laughs> Series in California. I mean, those kids are living the dream. So uh, that that. That's uh, that's where they are. So they're uh, you know they're I'm really excited. I was out there to practice earlier this week, so they're excited for that to get that opportunity and and to miss school obviously too. So uh, you know best of luck to them as they they get ready to play out there. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, with me. Uh, yeah, a bit another fun off season, fun summer of little league baseball and softball. We were in Newcastle with the Jeffersonville twelve year olds. They uh, ran into some really tough uh, opponents there early in the bracket and eliminated from that event on Sunday after a great little run. Uh, but the New Albany 10-year-olds, uh, you know, keeping the, the area tradition alive and having some state championship success, they went down to Jasper. I think they lost their first game, then rallied big, I mean big, in their second game to stay alive in the double elimination bracket. And they went on to hang on in eight innings, extra innings, uh, two extra innings on Sunday to win the 10-year-old Little League baseball title. Yeah, just a great uh, a couple of couple of great comebacks by them. Yeah, I, uh, they actually I think they won their first game, but it was a big comeback in the last inning against Brownsburg, and they lost their second game to Wabash, twelve to nothing. And Wabash supposedly had had a really good pitcher, so then they had to go down to the loser bracket, won a game, and then uh, to one of their first elimination game, and they played Wabash again in the pool final, uh, and they. Avenge that loss. They won, uh, I think, three to one uh, that day. But um, they uh, Wabash apparently has a really good second pitcher too. But they they were able to to knock to knock them out and then uh, get to the championship game. And the championship game was was just uh, was just a whale of a back and forth contest uh, against Ireland. They scored five runs in the top of the first, but then Ireland came back and went up six five. Uh, 
New Albany went back up 7-6, and then Wabash, or not Wabash, excuse me, Ireland went up on them. So, And then uh, uh, New Albany scored five runs in the, in the top of the sixth to send the game to extra innings and ended up scoring three times in the eighth to win the game uh, 15-13, just to... Just a great, uh, great effort by that team, and that was on Sunday, you know, and it was uh, when it was uh, blazing hot. So, you know, that's, that makes it even more impressive for them to to make a comeback and win an extra innings like they did. So, yeah, another another state championship for New Albany Little League, just uh, uh, at the ten year old level. So, congrats to them. That was a great run. No question, Josh Cook, my guest, Josh. It's hard to believe school begins. Uh, I guess what most is most of it early next week for the districts in our area and you know what happens when school begins high school sports get back underway and in fact a lot of off-season I guess you call it preseason stuff I'm not sure exactly what the right wording would be but there are practices underway right now for fall sports for a lot of the sports and before you know it there's going to be some matches and some games so as school gets back in so does high school sports. I know the schools are starting. Uh, you know, I think uh, what some schools in Clark County start uh, start this week, and then the Floyd County uh, get underway next week. And so it's yeah, it's it's going to be here uh, very very soon. It, it already is here actually. So you know, uh, workouts and stuff are, are taking place, and scrimmages are going on. And you know, next thing it'll be uh, games. So it's it's an exciting time. But uh, yeah, I saw. Uh, uh, Jeff uh, Jeff High School had like an uh, athletes um, meeting the other night at the gym, and it looked like the place was almost full. So it lets uh, you know there's a lot of uh, a lot of excitement going on uh, uh, for fall sports, and, and so hopefully you know we're uh, we're getting ready for some exciting uh, uh, seasons of, of uh, fall activity, and uh, you know it's it's. Uh, it's going to be fun, hopefully, to um, maybe we'll get some more state champions. We'll see this fall. Yeah, definitely. Uh, New Albany headline high school football a year ago with a, a, a kind of a, a unexpected run, I think is, a, is an okay way to say it, to the semi-state where they eventually were taken down by Cathedral, who we know is always really good at high school football in our state. So I'm curious this year in the fall who, who can headline things and uh, Charlestown, I understand football-wise, may have a chance to be pretty good. New Albany, Josh, there's been buzz of maybe a transfer that has come in from Louisville that could aid the Bulldogs as they try to continue on where they were last season. So I think a lot of unknown and a lot of question marks surrounding our local high school football scene as we get ready to kick things off here at about three weeks from now. Yeah, for sure. I definitely think uh, Charlestown's going to be improved and uh you know they've, they've got some kids coming back from last year, and uh, uh, they should be they should be pretty good, I believe. Uh, you know they won their last seven regular season games last year, and then lost their first round sectional game. But it, it, they're out of that; they're in a different sectional now. So I think they could uh, they could have a shot to win the sectional this year. And so uh, Jason Jason Hawkins team. And somebody just texted me and said, "Greater Clark uh, schools back today for yeah, well, uh, students." So yeah, it's uh, it, the school year is here, Josh. I can't, <laughs> I can't believe it's already here, Matt. It's crazy, but yeah, it's uh, uh, you know, it's it is starting, and we're gonna we're gonna get ready. We're gonna catch up and uh, get ready and. Uh, hopefully have uh, lots of things to cover this fall. Absolutely. All right, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. Josh, always fun. We'll talk next week.
Thanks so much, Matt. Have a good week. That's going to wrap up this Wednesday edition of the program. Don't forget, if you ever miss our live show or you want to go back and hear a segment or an interview, you can always find us as a podcast. Basically, wherever you listen to podcasts, all you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you will find us there. Have a great Wednesday. Hopefully the rain lets up a bit. I'll return at 11 a.m. on Thursday. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.